At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that raid line! Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year. Oh, no. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random Trail Radio, episode 362, coming to you on Wednesday, March 24th, the year of the coronavirus 2020. We're talking about the latest in USC football and so much more Trojan football talk here on this episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign of Troy at fanside.com, and our phone number is 213-373-1872. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. We are back in our respective quarantines. It is still quarantine season, uh, and it's going to be for you know the the foreseeable future, which has, has led us to talk about what we're going to do with the pod. And you know, there's not a lot of USC football going on. Obviously, not much news to discuss. There is news actually, uh, and we'll get to that here in this episode. But not much going on. But despite all that. What are we going to do, Alicia? We're going to ramp up our coverage. We are going to two episodes per week on the main show. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and I know that there are people out there who need something to take their minds off of all of this stuff that's going on. So, yeah, we're we're going to do it. We're going to start doing two episodes a week in the offseason. Yeah. Even though there's no spring camp and nothing else to, to discuss, except it, for all the random topics that are going to come up into our heads. And this is in addition to the two things that we're putting up per week over on Patreon, which there are plenty of Patreon uh, podcasts that are going up a week. Uh, Alicia, you, just this week you talked to uh, a couple of people talking about USC's new coaches. Yeah, I got a chance to talk to uh, Riley Gates, who's a, a reporter covering uh, K-State, and so I got to talk to him about Sean Snyder, USC's new special teams coordinator, and sort of 
get the dish on him and and the background and what to expect and all of that. I also got to talk to somebody about uh, Vic Soto over at Virginia. I'm going to be talking to uh, somebody about uh, Dante Williams from Oregon. So, you know, we're, we're going to sort of basically what this shutdown does is allows us to do a little bit more of the deep dives that we don't have time for because we're so busy covering spring camp, because we're so busy covering everything that goes on with USC. This just means that we can, you know, get a little deeper uh, there as far as the understanding of who the who the the coaches are, who the players are, and all of those kinds of things. So, you know, when life gives you lemons, what do you do, Michael? You make lemonade. Yes, which is better than limeade, by the way. Not a fan of limeade. Well, this is factually correct, I think. Lemonade is, is, is objectively better than limeade. Well, limes in general, just a bad fruit. Uh, there, there is nothing good about limes. No, limes are wonderful. And, no, they're not. You know, trash. For, for as, a, as an accent flavor, I think lemons... Lemons are a better like base flavor. Yeah. Lemons are 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 better for Lemon a lot bars. of different things as a flavor. But like lime can be used to really spice something up a bit. Like you add no. a little bit of lime to to the coconut and <laughs> whatever that song is. You have to sing it if you're gonna say that. Put the lime in the coconut. Anyways, uh the the two podcasts per week plan. Uh, we're gonna start it this week. So uh we're gonna put something up on Fridays. Basically akin to a mailbag. So send us in any questions you have. You know how to reach us. Email rainofdroypantsai.com. Phone number 213-373-1872. Uh, give us your calls, your tweets, what have you. Uh, and we'll do that there. Uh, and then our main show normally, as you know it, we'll, we'll start moving over to Tuesdays. Tuesdays. That is the plan. And then Fridays on the main feed is a mailbag. And then two things per week. In addition to that, on Patreon, that's four things a week. And again, on Patreon, for just three thirty-three per month, you get all of our main shows ad-free. For as little as five fifty-five per month to join the Club 555, you get all of our bonus content, which is literally four things a week. When you include the two things on the free side and two things on the Patreon side, four things a week. Minimum. For as little as five fifty-five per month to join the club 555 and then for 10 bucks you can join our rot crew uh in our slack channel talk about usc football and covid19 and literally anything else that we're talking about at the moment um but alicia let's get into this episode up next we're right back Let's get into the latest news. There isn't necessarily anything happening, certainly not on the football field at Howard Jones or Brian Kennedy or the Coliseum or anywhere, but uh, USC uh, personnel were still available for the Trojans live recording this week, uh, including USC Athletic Director Mike Bone, who says the Pac-12 is putting on a call and every single day they're going on a conference call, all the athletic directors, and they've included conversations about what happens if the COVID-19 pandemic extends to the fall, but largely the conference is taking everything on a week-to-week basis, says Adam Grossbard of the OC Register. Alicia, how scary is that idea of, of there being no football season? It is so scary that I refuse to even consider it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing that thing where you... 
stick your fingers in your ear and you go la 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 to any idea of this ending football season because I seriously can't I can't process the possibility I I can't I can't I don't know what a world without football in the fall looks like I I genuinely do not know how to how to deal with that as a as a concept um I can imagine fall camp getting constricted a little bit. I can imagine a late start, but I can't imagine like the cancellation of a football season. And yeah, we need uh, to reach out to like UAB reporters and see what that's like. Wait, hold on, is that insensitive? I mean, <laughs> you could have said SMU. Well, that was but, my that uh, was my other thought too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, Long but Beach just State. you know. When you think about it, like, that would mean, just on a whole other level, if on a personal level, that would mean that this pandemic is having an impact to the point where we can't gather in large groups months from now, like months from now. That's hard enough to process without considering the idea that, you know, this thing that we stake our year on, this thing that we uh, are, invest our lives in won't be there uh, in in the fall like all of that right. is is just it, it's kind of too much to handle and i'm having a hard enough time with you know the the premier league season all the soccer has been put on hold um and like i'm having a hard, hard enough time like processing like oh it's saturday morning i don't have to get up early to go to a game that's and- called a luxury alicia <laughs> you are a crazy person who who gets up early to watch games from the pub and it's like it's 8 a.m. and they're playing the worst team in the league. Just watch it from home, like a like a rational human being. You don't need to well, go to I'm the I'm an pub. irrational human being. But then again, this is the part where I turn around on you, Michael, and everyone who's listening to this podcast and think how many people out there are looking at USC football fans who, when USC has a 7.30 kickoff and they're watching the game into the wee hours of the night and you're looking at them going like, you and I specifically watching the game into the wee hours of the night and then going into our car and parking at a McDonald's parking lot at three o'clock in the morning and that, recording a podcast. Like we are very, very crazy, irrational people. And as, as difficult as that can be on my sleep cycles, I wouldn't give it up, you know, like I wouldn't give you it up. You know what we should so- have done by the way, uh, not to, not to spoil anything. Cause in the mailbag, there's going to be a car cast question, but for car cast for a long time, we should have made stickers that said car cast recorded here. And wherever we recorded it, like just <laughs> put a sticker, and then see if people would notice them. They'd be like, like uh, you know, you find the Mickey Mouse ears at Disneyland or whatever it is. Would that be a vandal considered vandalism Probably, to have random but- parking spots and McDonald's and Jack in the Box with like this recorded here sticker? We were like, what's this? Hmm? Hmm. Uh, random speak- Whataburger in Texas? <laughs> like, yeah, like what? <laughs> I'm still confused. Anyway, speaking of recorded here, talk about get back to talking about Trojans Live. Clay Helton was on there, uh, and as Ryan Abraham tweeted, Clay Helton said that they can talk to players for two hours per week, uh, and he is very happy to use Zoom to do that along with staff meetings. Uh, and he was really complimentary of Zoom as a product, which is uh, uh, an interesting thing. I think everyone's been using Zoom uh, for the last couple of weeks, and we've been recording little inside baseball we've been recording with zoom for about a year now uh, and it's been a, a good time but uh I, I think it's good for for you know to be able to have those two hours 
So they're still able to keep in touch with the players uh, despite the, the, the shutdown or whatnot. Uh, and now that school is back under underway, uh, you would you would hope that the players would now have more time to focus on academics while still being able to do classroom stuff um, with the coaches. Well, you, that's that's what you hope, right? And I think that um, you know we we have a question coming up later about sort of how this impacts USC versus everybody else, and I think that everyone being in the same boat is going to be a really interesting experiment to see this coming fall, assuming that the season does go forward. Because we're going to see the mental fortitude of a whole lot of 18 to 22 year olds, you know, we're going to see who is able to uh, come out of this showing that they had the best focus, the best commitment. Uh, You know, this is these are unusual times. And that means that the normal things that you would do to get by as far as staying at your level aren't good enough. You have to take it to the next level. Um, as a, as, you know, as a, as a, as podcasters, as, as people with our jobs, we know that it's been hard enough trying to process this whole thing and stay on top of our game in those, in those fashions. I know that a lot of students are having problems with staying on top of their game as far as the academics. It's hard having a classroom, um, as, as good of a product as Zoom is and, and <laughs> we're not pushing Zoom, uh, because I have family connections to it, but, uh, Zoom is a wonderful product, but like, it's still it's hard to be in a classroom, you know, and have Zoom be the only form. And as a student, that can be very difficult. So as a student, you have to lift your game and and commit yourself even more to your education. Well, as an athlete, you have to take all of those things. And then on top of that, build in committing yourself to being the most stellar athlete uh, you can. Now, if I were thinking about like athletes that I would feel very confident would would be able to to manage this kind of thing. I always think about Port Augustine, like Port Augustine would rock the quarantine because he could not be stopped from working out, from keeping his diet, from doing all the things that he was doing um, in his commitment to the sort of maintenance of his temple. Right. But is every student athlete going to be like that? Is every member of USC's football team going to be able to be self uh, driven in those ways, we're going to find out what percentage of those players are able to be self-driven because that's ultimately going to determine how well USC does in the coming season and how well all the other teams out there do in the coming season. Alabama's only going to be great in 2020 if their guys are all self-driven and take care of all of their stuff. USC is only going to be great in 2020 if they're if they take care of their stuff now. And, you know, maybe it'll be hard to separate once we get to that stage, but you will be able to sort of separate the what is what is that the the separate the wheat from the chaff or whatever like yeah this is sure. this is one of those situations that's going to do that and there will be no i mean th- th- this is a built-in excuse sure but it's also not an excuse usc will either rise above or they'll fail and when they fail or if they fail then that's on them so this is this is going to be a proving ground for for everybody yeah, you mentioned the, the, the tweet that we got, and let's, let's just get right into it. The tweet we got from L.A. Fred, it says, does the postponement slash canceling of spring football help or hurt USC compared to other teams and why? I, I don't think we're ever going to get the answer um, during, the, during the spring or the summer. I think this is something that's going to come in the fall, uh, and even something that we might never get a true black and white answer to because everybody's going to act different about this thing. Uh, it's going to level the playing field, but it's also not because there's going to be schools 
and coaching staffs and, and players that take advantage of this time and those that don't. And I don't think there's an actual way to predict it. I think we can sit here and say that, you know, your your Sabins and and your your Dabos of the world uh are are going to, you know, kill in this time because they're the best coaches, but maybe they're not. Like like maybe those guys aren't pr- prepared for something like this because this is so outside of the realm of what is normal for anybody that I don't know that we know which coach or which team is built to withstand this kind of shakeup where it's a lot of classroom preparation. It's a lot of focus. It's a lot of buy-in. Um, that's going to, that's going to test every school equally. And some schools are going to be better at it than others. It's almost like, you know, you know what it reminds me of it. It's like if you're playing a video game and you start off on like uh fantasy draft, how like you just shuffled the deck and every team is going to have to deal with something new. Some teams are going to be really good at it. Some teams are going to be really bad at it. Who's it going to be? Who knows? We'll find out. Uh, I mean, obviously, the the talent and the coaching ability is going to play a role in here, too. But there's going to be teams that that this hurts and teams that this surely helps. Yeah, I mean, for USC specifically, I think there are some extra hurdles that USC will have to deal with that maybe some other schools won't. Um, Not all, you know, I think there are other schools that are in USC's boat with this, but you look at... um, Programs that have had coaching changes recently, whether head coach or coordinators, um, you know, if if you were able to keep your offense, defense and special teams all uh, the same from last year, that means that the spring wasn't going to be about install so much. It was just going to be about repetition. So like USC's offense, you feel a little bit more confident. They had the install last year. Everyone, with the exception of the freshmen, are, are already on board with with your program. And so you're good. But USC has a new defensive coordinator and Todd Orlando was going to come in and install his scheme. And now that that entire process is getting delayed. So that will impact USC. Um, You think about, uh, you know, there are a lot of other programs out there, though, that are going to be in the same boat as far as not being able to have the advantage of the spring to install their schemes. So, again, that's a, a an advantage that some programs will have and a disadvantage that some programs will have. The other disadvantage that I could point to that USC will have compared to others specific to the PAC 12 is um, the timing of it all. You know, ASU was pretty much done with their spring camp because they hold it early because Arizona Clemson Um, was like two thirds of the way done. Yeah. So there are programs out there who have, early spring camps who are able to do everything that they normally would do or mostly everything that they would normally do during spring camp. And they got that advantage. And this time off will certainly be weird for them, but uh, they will have done the work and and been able to get in those practice hours where USC, since, you know, I don't anticipate spring camp coming back. Obviously, we, nothing on that is is official, but we just looking at the tea leaves, right? We We don't think spring camp will be uh, will be held, so that's something that USC loses compared to other teams that were able to complete it. You want some uh, galaxy braining? No. What's that? <laughs> I, I, people are going to yell at me as soon as I say this. Um, it, it's not. I, I'm not saying that that I, I Clay Helton should have been fired first and foremost. I think we all agree oh, on dear. this, right? No, oh but, dear. Here we're, we're we're getting into it now. <laughs> no, what what I'm saying is, um. Given how much of a shakeup this is and how little time there's going to be potentially at all uh, of spring camp, right? Like, this this wasn't the worst year to not have to go through a coaching change. It, strictly in that bubble. 
Outside, for every other reason, you should have had a coaching change. We all agree on that. I, I'm just talking strictly the mechanics and logistics of it. This was a year in which you, you'd want to bring your head coach back. Right? Am I, am yeah, I right about I mean, that? In hindsight, yeah. N- not, that, not that we let USC off the hook. We're talking in a vacuum here. Yes, yeah. No one, no one said Galaxy Brain was something that lives in reality either. But sure. no, you're you're right. I mean, that's uh, if you're looking at. I think maybe we call it like a silver lining, or um, sort of considering the alternative possibilities. You know, USC could be in a worse position than they are now. That's not to excuse the decisions that they made that uh, we think were wrong decisions, but um, they certainly right. could be in a more difficult position with a, an entire an entirely new staff as opposed to the situation that I mentioned where. You're bringing back your offense, so you're you're not too bad there. But uh, your yeah. defense is, is so, going to have to deal with the transition. The the whole thing of improving the offense from year one to year two still takes. I mean, you install your offense every spring, anyways. Uh, you do that whether or not it's a new offense. Uh, but it, it's that installation is obviously easier with an offense that is not new. But you know, the, I'm sure Graham Harrell has more wrinkles in year two that he's going to put in there that he didn't have in year one, uh, and it's going to be more trust in certain players and and whatnot. And SC is losing that ability, right? Like you're talking about the quarterbacks. SC is losing the ability to see what Keaton Slovis could have done this spring with a full spring camp of development. Could he have completely separated and put JT Daniels super in the dust? and just solidified his position and looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the country that we think that he definitely is capable of, maybe he could have done that. And But but now it looks like we're never going to know if that's going to be a thing until the fall, if the fall is even a thing, period. Yeah, well, and, and on that topic, you know, I thought Shotgun Spratling on at uh, USCFootball.com had a, a feature about how this kind of may hurt Elijah Vera Tucker. Because he was going to transition to a left tackle position and having a spring camp to do that, to immerse himself in that role was going to be of great value. And losing that um, could impact him. It could impact how USC ultimately forms their offensive line. And the ripple effects are certainly there. Uh, but you know what? Those things are the, the reality, you know, and USC isn't the only program out there that's going to be dealing with these kinds of issues. Everyone else. I mean, just think about it. At least USC is in a position where they're returning two quarterbacks who have been starters and you'd feel pretty decent about them coming three, in and being hello, their starter. Three. Well, three quarterbacks, yes. Can't can't forget Matt Fink. Um and even Mo Hassan has had a, a starting experience. So USC's doing doing okay on that. But uh you think about other other programs that um don't have uh, don't didn't have a quarterback ready to go or that were going to have spring camp battles right. at quarterback um for first time starters. So you know, again, it could be worse for USC. It could be better for USC, but everyone is dealing with these issues. 100%. Uh, last thing to mention from Trojans Live, uh, USC strength and conditioning coach Aaron Osmus, this is from a tweet from Keely Orr of USCFootball.com, uh, USC strength and conditioning coach Aaron Osmus created a private Instagram account so that Trojan football players can follow workouts each day, Clay Helton said on Trojans Live. Helton credited Osmus for the creativity. Yeah, I mean, the, when when everything goes to hell and you gotta you gotta adjust, that's one way to adjust. Go where the players are. Where are they? They're on Instagram. Yeah, well, and it's uh, it's a, a forum where you can post videos and post motivational quotes and sort of keep guys 
connected in that way um and 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 give them workout tips and all that kind of stuff in a in a private way um the, i thought the interesting thing aaron osmus was also interviewed and i thought one of the really interesting things he talked about was was the sort of workout plan that they now have in place for all of these guys so everyone's gone home right and different people have different equipment at home so they have three different plans uh three different te- workout templates for these guys uh you know the first one is if they have a home gym or something akin to it if they have a, a lifting bar and and you know all the those kinds of bells and whistles they have a template the guys who just sort of maybe have some dumbbells or a medicine ball or whatever around the house then they have a different template and then they also have one for the guys who literally have nothing just open space and they're going to be doing body weight exercises and basically anything that they can to try and keep up so um they're adapting which i like to see from aaron osmus adapting to the conditions that each individual has but when it comes down to it again and aaron osmus talked about this what what they're going to have to fall back on is the culture that they've been trying to instill. And this is going to be the ultimate test of that culture because you aren't in a group setting. You can't use um, the sort of group techniques that you normally would to motivate guys. Each one of those players is going to have to motivate himself to a certain extent to make sure they keep up with all these things. So there is individual responsibility for each and every member of USC's football team to stay on top of these things. And that is going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, it's a huge challenge for someone like Aaron Osmus to have to deal with, but uh, the the challenge is also with the individual players because they're going to have to step up to the plate, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. And more power to them if they can. I sure as hell know that I wouldn't be able to. I, yeah. I, think I, I don't know that you know as a student. I don't know that I could. I couldn't do like Zoom classes I, I, for a long period of time. I, there's no way I could I could do this. So. Uh, if if they can pull it off and, and they're able to keep everyone together, um, that that's that's a big thing, and, and that would show hey, their togetherness for sure. I've done uh, how many? I've done three straight days, maybe it's four straight days of working out uh, using my row machine. So you know it can be done. As a notorious lack of motivation person, it can be done. There you go. Speaking of that, we're gonna row. The boat down to the <laughs> recruiting roundup. Uh, SC has made the top X number of schools for four different four-star players in the 2021 class. Four-star corner Jalen Davies makes USC. Uh, he puts USC in his top ten. He's out of modern day. Four-star running back Brandon Campbell out of Rosenberg, Texas, just west of Houston, has SC in his top six. And four-star 2021 wide receiver. Quay Darius Davis out of Skyline High School in Dallas, Texas, has the Trojans in his top six. Uh, Quay Darius Davis, a all uh, name team guy, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Quay Darius Davis, he goes by Quay. Uh, that is an exceptional name. Uh, he committed to Texas uh, last summer and then decommitted from the Longhorns in November. And he says he's looking at USC. The the crystal balls on twenty four seven are still pointing towards Texas, but uh, he should be an interesting one that, that USC is is focusing in on. Um, I I think it's worth noting that uh, the three guys that we're mentioning there, one from Modern Day and two from Texas, USC's got to get those local guys locked up, especially the guys from Modern Day and the and and the uh, you know surrounding schools, but also they're branching out and really trying to hit it hard in Texas. So we'll see 
how they do. Um, recruiting is tough right now, though, because you can't visit. Uh, you're kind of limited with everyone. So, again, weird times, but he, recruiting is going to keep rolling and guys are still going to put out their lists. Yeah, th- this is the time for USC to kind of carve out their own niche and find some way to make this an advantage of theirs somehow. Um, and it's still the, the, at the wrong time, though, because SC, you know, not having the upper hand in recruiting, I think they need to build those in-person relationships a lot over the summer with, with you know, we, we see it so often that so many of these these um, the, these players take tours uh, where they'll go out to the out-of-state kids. They'll, they'll go to California and they'll go see SC and UCLA on a weekend or whatnot, right? And these kids aren't going to be able to do that. They're gonna, it, it, who knows? If the summer camps don't happen, that's going to really affect recruiting a lot. So you need to be able to like, make up a lot of ground via texting and all those kind of things. Um, well, the good news is all of USC's new coaches, more or less, like the Dante Williams and the Vixa Otos and the the um, Craig Nivers and, and those guys of the world are all kind of those guys. Uh, certainly, uh, Dante Williams is re- is very well known for being willing to keep up those text conversations and build those those relationships. And um, in in the the chat I had uh, for for the Patreon about Vic Soto, that was one of the conversations that came up too. He's a guy who connects on a deep personal level with recruits. So um, USC's got to hope that those are the guys who are able to get get the job done and and continue to do those things, even if they are limited to texts and phone calls. One hundred percent. Let's wrap up the news segment by going through some basketball headlines. Uh, this, this is our basketball minute. Running through these, uh, the big one: Onyeka and Kongru uh, going to the NBA. Uh, Andy Enfield said on Trojans Live he's going to quote going to be probably a top ten pick in the NBA draft. That's going to look good for the Trojans. Uh, SC got a commitment from twenty twenty one class. Uh, four-star shooting guard from St. Bernard, uh, Reese Dixon Waters, and they got a grad transfer commitment from Taj Aidi. Aidi? How do you say that? I think Eddie. I've been going with Eddie. All right. From SCU, not USC, Santa Clara University up north. Uh, And then Kyle Sertiment, freshman, uh, class of 2019 recruit. He is moving on to the transfer portal. Yeah, so sort of guys coming in, guys going going out. We sort of expected Kongwu to go to the NBA. It's just a bummer he didn't get to get the chance to make his mark in the Pac-12 tournament or in the NCAA tournament. So uh, he'll be uh, an exciting player to watch in the pros, but uh, really it's just sort of a disappointment as far as not being able to... See. We, we saw his talent all year and it was undeniable, but it's just a big bummer that we're not going to get to see what he what kind of damage he could have done in the tournament setting. Uh, so, you know, he'll have to make make his mark in the NBA instead. Um, the, the two commitments are, are good for USC. Um, Reese Dixon Waters is at 2021, so he won't be able to help them out until uh, not this coming season, but the next season. Uh, but at least it's good to have a player of his caliber. He's, he's a top 60 prospect for the 2021 class. So USC is keeping up their really stellar recruiting efforts. And uh, Taj Eddy is is from Santa Clara. He is a guy who was able to um, put up points when he when he got minutes. He had his minutes decline uh, this past season for for Santa Clara, but he led them in scoring 
as a sophomore uh, in uh, in the 2018-2019 season. So you know what he can do, and, uh, and, and hopefully he's able to bring that to USC and kind of replace the impact of someone like Daniel Otome, who became a really key figure for USC as a grad transfer uh, on the basketball court this past year. And he's going to be obviously graduating, so you kind of hope to replace the, the impact there a little bit with Tajetti. Um, as for Kyle Sturdivant, uh, he is the, the player whose father died during the season. So he ended up leaving the team to, um, you know, deal with, with that, uh, tragedy for his family. So the, the news that he's entering the transfer portal, you got to think there's a personal element to that. And so you kind of just wish him well and, and wish his family well. I, I don't think there's much else, uh, much else sort of to to speculate on there as far as uh, his status goes. Yeah, we certainly wish him and his family all of the best. Uh, That's going to wrap up the news, however. We'll be right back to talk about more USC football. All right, Alicia, we are quarantining, essentially. We're we're following the stay-at-home order. We hope you guys are, too, as you listen to this. Uh, which raises one gigantic question, and we tackled this on RedditTroy.com, or you tackled it in an article on RedditTroy.com, and we're going to talk about it now. Which Trojans would you like to quarantine yourself with if you had the opportunity? So, I, I thought this was a, a fun question, and I have a very, like, I I, I got kind of scientific with it, and sort of thought thought it out very well. I, I asked some people about it, and there were a lot of answers that were just like, oh, like, my favorite players. Like, no, I'm like, I'm like strategic about this stuff. So I mentioned earlier in this episode, Porter Gustin. I think you you got to quarantine with Porter Gustin or like someone like Aaron Osmus or, or someone who's going to like make sure that you guys all stay on a good workout regimen, stay healthy, all that kind of stuff. Like I'm not talking like join him in the blending of foods into tasteless shakes and all that kind of stuff. Like I do draw the line somewhere, but like having somebody around who like could guilt trip you into working out to stay healthy, it, I think it would be very, very useful in a, in a quarantine situation. Am, am I wrong on that one? Like, No, I, I think you... that's, a, that's a good pull. Also, Porter Gustin, probably the Trojan most likely to, uh, to also be a doomsday prepper. Like, <laughs> I could totally see Porter, yes. Porter Gustin, like, having already prepared, like, some sort of, like, room that is just fully stocked with canned goods. That's all, a very that's all a, organic, by the way. Yes, yes, all, all all nutritious and healthy. But no, no, absolutely. That's that's absolutely part of the equation. Um, so so he was sort of the first on my list, and then I started thinking like, okay, so I've got Porter, who's very intense and who's going to sort of keep us all responsible. But now now we got to sort of keep it fun and light. And then I thought, well, of course, and you might you might disagree with this one, Michael, but uh, Juju Smith Schuster. No, it's a great. He'd pick. bring. He'd bring all the video game consoles. He'd be a yep. willing partner to play with in all the video games. Like he'd be sort of fun. Like he'd be keep it chill. I think uh, I think he would be great to have around in a quarantine uh, for a lot of different reasons, but mostly for the video game consoles. We agree. Yeah, he would. He would keep everything super fun. You could play Madden with him, and that would be a blast. Um, and it would it would be a fun time. Yeah, he's he's a good pick there. Um, I'm going to ask an awkward question. Are, are dead Trojans pickable here? Okay. So I, 
decided for the purpose of my article on randomtour.com, no, I was only going with like as they are right now because we are in the middle of this sort of thing. So it's right. less hypothetical and more okay. re- I, realism I was- hypothetical. So I was going for realism, like you'd get them as they are right now. So like you couldn't say like Marcus Allen as he was as a, you know, college right. student or whatever. Because I was going to say Cotton Warburton. Because he's got a great name? No, Cotton Warburton, uh, Oscar winner. Uh, he he edited, he was a award-winning editor in, in Hollywood. He, um, okay. he edited he Mary Poppins. Yeah, uh, he's someone who would have connections to a crap ton of screeners. Oh. Think about that. Oh, well, that's a good point. Yeah. Screeners is a good point. Who? Okay, who would apply I, I want to say that, that Tim... What, wasn't Tim Rosovich an actor as well? He, he passed away a couple years yeah. ago. But he would have been he would have been a good pick for that, too. Uh, along yeah. with uh, a certain... Uh, well... Uh, John Duke, Wayne. The Duke. Yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> that works, too. No, I'm, I'm, that's a very good point. Maybe I'll have to do some research to come up with, like, who is the one that fits this criteria, who would uh, work, who would have those sort of screener connections. I think you, you are right to point that one out. Um, I went a different direction on my third pick of the five. And again, it's getting back to sort of responsibility and sort of being productive in the in the quarantine situation. I went with Amon Ross St. Brown, and I did so specifically because he's trilingual. And if you're going to be stuck in a quarantine, like, why not learn a language? So if you want to learn French or German, you got a, you got a, a, a partner to, to speak to, sort of get yeah. some of that immersion uh, learning in, involved, all that kind of stuff. Like, and Amon Ra seems like a cool dude. Amon Ra would also sort of vibe pretty well, I think, with Port Augustine's workout plan, because he's very, very committed to being great as a receiver. So, like, he'd keep you all um, on the straight and narrow as far as being responsible about working out and, and doing things. But he also seems like a fun dude. And uh, and yeah, you could sort of chat to him in, in German and in French once you learn German and French. We? Oui? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we. Oui. Yeah, I think yeah. That, would, <laughs> that would be great for my uh, for my new addiction of GeoGuessr. I'd be like, hey, Amonra, there's a... I, I can't tell. Is this Switzerland? Or, or do you think this is... Uh, this is Germany. Read, read this one. Read the street name. What do you think? It'd be great. Um, give you translations. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. That would be a good pick. I would say um, Adoree Jackson has to be in there. That's a good pick. No one is going to bring as much life and energy as Adoree Jackson. I, I don't know that I've ever been around someone who was as infectious uh, of a per- person. You know, they always say that, you know, so-and-so... When you were in the room with this person, like, there was an aura. And, like, people always say this about, like, old dead presidents, right? Oh, when you were in the room with FDR, like, you could feel it or whatever, right? And I've never understood that. Like, I've always thought that that was kind of bogus. It doesn't make any sense. The only person I've kind of felt that with in doing, like, media stuff is Dory. You're around Dory, and, like, everything is different. Part of that is just because... He is so engaging and he is so um, in- infectious and happy and such a happy person that it creates happy conversations and, you know, enjoyable things and the spirits are high. Um, that's certainly part of it. But he would be someone, can you imagine having him and Juju 
in oh, the yeah. same in the same room. A- and the Amara, by, by the way, like three great receivers all together. But yeah, the there were it would be it would, you know you'd be in good spirits. I think that's an excellent point. And and you're right about Adori. And I would put Juju in that category too, to the point where you're just like they're very easy to be around. Like not everyone is easy to be around. Not everyone makes you comfortable instantly. But like Adore Jackson, Juju Smith-Schuster, those are the those are the guys who definitely definitely do that. So I think that's a good that's a good pull. But I went with somebody else who I thought would be very fun loving and keep it light and keep it like entertaining. Go Jake Olson. Have there you, you, go. Do you follow Jake Olson on Twitter, Michael? Yeah, he tweeted. I we our account, aka me, tweeted him uh, over the weekend. He, he was tweeting about uh, about it being Pi Day. I guess that was two weekends ago. Uh, oh, yeah, and I, yeah. And I asked, is cheesecake more pie or cake? And he said it was mm. it, it was closer to pie, he thought. I agree. I think cheesecake is more pie than cake. Yeah, I would agree so too. Because you agree? It, no. you, you have a crust, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, I think uh, cheesecake but- is just cheesecake, but... Yeah, cheesecake it's, it's is cheesecake, but pie. like it's in 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 the in the spectrum, it's closer to pie than it is to cake. Right. Yes. Yeah, you measure it by different sort of judgments too. But e- mm-hmm. either way, either way, Jake Olson on Twitter is an absolute riot. Uh, he put out a video after the Astros sign stealing uh, scandal, where Jake Olson, the blind sort of left hander, is is at the plate. And they're trying to figure out, like, how he's hitting, how he has such a good batting average. And they were like, well, that buzzer around his neck, that's just, you know, to his own thing. But And then (laughs) he's hitting home runs with the buzzer going off. Like, it's amazing. Uh, Jake Jake Olson is is a a joy. He's a gift to the USC fan base. Wait, hold on. Does this explain his golf game? Is there sign stealing in golf? I don't know, but I think I think we just cracked the code. Oh, scandal. Mm. <laughs> but okay, and then Sam. the secondary reason for picking Jake Olson, besides him being just a joy uh to have in the world, is uh he he has his seeing eye dog Quebec. And I want a puppy in quarantine. So It's a good it's boom. a good pull. But but at least you're not supposed to pet service dogs out in the wild like that. Uh he wouldn't be in the wild, he'd be in, you know. We'd be pals. We'd be buddies. True. There you go. There you go. That's, yeah. That, that's a that's a good list. I would say. Um. I I wish I had more people that I would throw in there, but I I I, th- I think you nailed it. You could you could add Pete. Uh, Pete would be good for talking about uh, old games and conspiracy yeah, theories. Yeah. I, I I had Pete Carroll in there specifically, uh, because if you had to spend a couple of weeks in quarantine with Pete Carroll, maybe you convince him to come coach usc and get his 10th year to be in the college football hall of fame and Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff i was reading some some stuff from him he did this thing for linkedin where it was really insightful about leadership and about you know the grit that it takes to be successful and all that kind of stuff and like i just i miss pete carroll so much he's he's i just i love him i love him i love him i love him but uh we had other suggestions from people talking about like oh matt liner matt liner would be great um, Reggie Bush would be really fun to be in because you could just talk about everything that's gone Lendale. down. Lendale White would be so much fun. Um, you know, there, there's there's a lot of guys out there who would be Keyshawn. 
entertaining. Yeah, Keyshawn might be a little bit too much for me. Not gonna lie, a little bit, too, a little bit too much. Um, He'd be fun. Uh, Troy. So here's my question: Troy How Palomalu would be? How cool. would Troy Palomalu fit on this? Is he too calm that that it would be it would be too calming or like like do you need that that calming presence does that help or, or hurt in a situation i think like you that? need that calming presence i think you need that okay. calming presence also you know i've heard i've heard him be interviewed several times on, on radio shows and all that and he's actually a pretty candid dude like i bet you could like pick his brain about a lot of things and and, and give you real answers so i think you could have some good conversations with with uh with uh, Troy P. And especially if you put Pete Carroll in there, like, mm-hmm. can you imagine, like, the stories that you could hear? That'd be just fun. Yeah, I'm fully on board with that. Uh, let's let's wrap this, this segment up by talking about our Mount Rushmore of USC quarterbacks. Uh, we put up an article on Rantroy.com, or you, you put up the article on Rantroy.com, Alicia. You do all the work, not me. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll take Use the a royal little credit. Lee. Yeah, I'll take a little credit for it. Um, but you you put up the the Mount Rushmore of USC quarterbacks, and this one is so difficult because if we're talking about your USC quarterback more, it's it's difficult because Carson Palmer and Matt Leinart have to be on there. They're absolute locks. Um, and then it becomes a question of what you think a Mount Rushmore is. Me personally, I think a Mount Rushmore is about the iconic principles of. Uh, of people, right? You put people up there that you want to be figures for what they stood for and what they stand for and what they accomplished. Like, all those things. I don't think it's a list of the best quarterbacks ever uh, or the best whatever it is that your Mount Rushmore uh, is, is celebrating. So in this case, USA quarterback. So... I don't think that you just make a, a a Mount Rushmore and put like Mark Sanchez and Keaton Slovis in there, for instance. I you could probably make an argument that of the most talented quarterbacks or whatever, you could you could maybe put them in there, whatever. But I I don't think that's the case. So I think for me, I would go with Matt Leinart, Carson Palmer, Rodney Pete, and the fourth one is a toss up. But I'm going to go off the board. Craig Furtick. Oh. So on the on the website, we went with, uh, we, the royal we, uh, went with Carson Palmer, Matt Leiner, Rodney Pete, and Sam Darnold. And the Sam Darnold pick, as I was writing it, I was like, this is so difficult because, like, Sam Darnold was simultaneously, like, the greatest thing we'd all ever seen. And also, largely unaccomplished. What, like, is it? what are you talking about? He won a Rose Bowl. He won a Pac-12 he championship. A, he won a, a fake Rose Bowl. And uh, how is that a fake Rose Bowl? He won a Pac-12. Yeah, he won a Pac-12 championship. But like, he didn't win a na- national championship. So like, there was just, there was sort of debate on Twitter. Like, Paul McDonald, Pat Hayden, they won national championships. Mike Ray so won Craig national Furley. championships. Yeah. So, like, again, how do you sort of – see, I'm willing to go to bat for the Rodney Pete pick, absolutely, because dude was a Barry Sanders away from the Heisman. And right. what what he was he was just a different kind of 
like quarterback for USC, and and I think right. he was um uh, sort of ushered USC into like the modern era of the quarterback centric uh offense. So like I think Rodney Pete absolutely deserves to be up on that on that Mount Ru- Mount Rushmore. But one hundred percent. Like you like you mentioned like the criteria then gets in the way because like I could make a case for and you will disagree with this, but I could make a case for Morley Drury who was right, the yeah. original great USC quarterback, yeah. like yeah. the noblest Trojan of them all, like, and like I, I go would, way I would, back. I'd probably argue that Drury is probably a better pick than Furtick. I probably should have said Drury. And, but the way I look at it, I think you need someone of historical reference. Historical uh, value, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm looking up the numbers here. Uh, Furtick won a title in 62 in, in his sophomore season, but uh, he wasn't USC starting quarterback in 62. Uh he was the starting quarterback at the end of 63 and for all of 64. Um, but he's part of a historical win over, over Notre Dame. Uh, the verdict to Sherman, everyone knows uh, Z52 delay. Um, sure. Yeah. People are nodding. Maybe. Uh, every, every, everyone knows this. Totally. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm totally not just making it up that I know this so that I don't sound like an idiot because. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you're, you're the mm-hmm. historical, uh, the historical USC historian I, here, and I and, know I feel like I gotta, I feel like I'd like disgrace my historianness if I, I mean it's didn't only like a top five about. most famous pass in USC football history. Come on now, yeah. Uh, but the point yeah. is, he's involved with the historic moment, um, and then in my childhood, Craig Furtick was a big part of it because he called football games for Fox Sports uh, Net as, as a kid, so I always heard his voice all the time. Uh, with with college football, so that for me plays a, plays a role here. I, I understand that no one's going to agree with me on, on putting Craig Furtick in there, but well, okay, I, here, here's I, a, I, I I think it's a thought. I think I think it's a perfectly fine thought because again, we're going with iconic, and and you are right that he was part of an iconic moment in USC football. Absolutely, um, going away from sort of the iconic figures, but looking at accomplishments you know we said you you argued that sam darnold was accomplished because of the rose bowl win and the the pac-12 title where do you fit john david booty in all of this because he was unequivocally accomplished even if i think his legacy is one of coming up short right so like i don't know how to process i i wouldn't put john david booty on my mount rushmore of, of usc quarterbacks but um he's someone that you know i i think <laughs> we always talk about as being like the most underrated quarterback of of ever well john david booty's problem is that the reason that we look down up or people look down upon in general john david booty is because of matt liner and because of carson palmer if if the order had been john david booty carson palmer matt liner he would be totally different in terms 100%. of 100 percent. he would have been the guy who set the stage for yes those guys yeah um or if you swapped his career with with matt barclay's Oh, and Matt Barkley is another one story. that we have to bring up. Yeah, Matt Barkley could be on there. I think there's a very good case for Matt Barkley being on there just for like the lifetime achievement almost and, yes. and also what he meant to the to that team. I, I don't um, like and- having everyone uh, on, on the every, – most people on there from, you know, our lifetime. This century, yeah. Yeah, so like that's why I, I wanted someone back in the day like, like Craig, Craig Furtick, but – uh, or Morley Turner, like like you mentioned, but but yeah, you could you could legitimately make this 
Palmer, Leinart, Barkley, Darnold. Based on the two Heisman winners, the guy who was a Trojan for life in Matt Barkley, and then Sam Darnold, who is the talent, right? With, yeah. With, with the big Rose Bowl win. The the iconic moment of the of the Rose Bowl right. and, yeah. and sort of the the big iconic moments but it, that he but had. But it still seems like recency bias. Yes. But then again, the quarterback position is a position of recency bias. I mean... For sure, yeah. There's recency bias when, when we eventually get around to talking about wide receivers. Like, <laughs> there's going to be a hell of a lot of recency bias because the game has changed. Right. You know? Which is so, the opposite uh, for, for running backs, so... Absolutely, um, because we're going to, it's all going to be, pre- what's the opposite of recency bias? Like, pre- previous bias? Past bias? I don't know. Uh, whatever it um, is. Sure. Historical yeah. bias? Maybe. That, that, that could work. Statistical bias, historical bias. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to y'all. I think that works. Um, but yeah, that that's, so, so mine is Palmer, Leinart, Pete. Let's say Morley Drury. Let, let's 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 I go like there it. instead. I respect it. But but Craig, Craig Furtick and and you know Pete Bethard and uh, Paul McDonald are those next the next few outs like uh, like like Joe Lenardi would do. Um, yeah. But but for see, you, I love. Yep. I love the idea of it being Morley Drury, Rodney Pete, Carson Palmer, Matt Liner. Um. I think you could also split the difference, and you're going to hate me for this, but you could go Morley Drury, Paul McDonald, Rodney Pete, Matt Leinart, if you wanted to consider Leinart and Palmer two sides, sort of the same coin. I wouldn't do it, but like you could make an argument for that See, way. Th- this is uh, it's it's interesting because I think that if you have to pick one or the other between Palmer and Leinart. If we're talking about a Mount Rushmore, you have to pick Liner. Yeah. If you're talking about who do you want to win you a football game, I think you take you Carson Palmer. Palmer. Yes, but it's a Rushmore, so it's like yes. the Mount Rushmore isn't the four greatest presidents in U.S. history. It's just sort of. Of course the not. Uh, there, there's no there, there's no William Henry Harrison up there. <laughs> See, I can't speak to this. I'm 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 a USC history buff. I'm not a history history buff, but. Um, to, to get back to my point, I love the idea of Morley Drury in there. Um, I would agree with, with Rodney Pete, Matt Leinart, and Carson Palmer, but I do think, and this is going to be my bold prediction for the day, in two years, we won't be having a debate about that fourth spot. Dun, dun, I'm going, dun. I'm going all in on Caden Slovis, kids. I, I, I actually think this is a case of optimistic Alicia. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I also probably just gave him the kiss of death and like doomed him to magic man status. Like, so Alicia, sorry, it's it's we're in the coronavirus season. Social distance, no kissing anybody. <laughs> Social distancing. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, open up the mailbag, answer a couple of questions. Uh, and then save the rest for later in the week when we do our mailbag episode. So uh, let's do that. We'll be right back. You've got mail. All right, Alicia, let's go to a question from our good old pal, Keely or USCFootball.com. Which car cast 
had the worst takes in hindsight. I have been, you, you know, she said this, this tweet in the afternoon. I've been thinking about this all day and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking because we've talked about it before. You and I both suffer from imposter syndrome. There are so many things I have said that I regret saying, and yet here we are talking about carcasses, and um, I don't know that I have a clear answer. Well, what, what say you? Okay, so I got stuck on this question, I think in part because I was trying to answer it based on, like, this past season of carcasses, And then I realized, like, no, this past season of carcasses. while there are, like, I was trying to remember what exactly we were arguing about after the Washington game, and I, for the life of me, can't remember, which goes to show you how much I I remember arguments. Uh, but then I thought, no, you have to go back further. You have to go back even further. And I think I go back to 2017 after the Stanford game in 2017, mm. because remember mm. the feeling of like, it's all coming together now, guys. It's all... They've put it together. This is the performance we were waiting for. All of those things. Like, I think that has got to be it. I'm so glad you said this because I was going to turn the tables on this question at the end and say, is there anything that you think were your best takes in hindsight? And Was that I, the one for you? I'm not prouder of a moment in a car cast more than that, that Stanford, post-Stanford 2017 episode, which, you remember where I recorded that, by the way? I, I do not. <laughs> At your parents' house. Oh, did we? Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. I, I th- want to say that you left the microphone, and so we had to go back to your, your parents' house to record. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I am so proud of that episode because I remember saying, is it possible, are you slightly concerned, that SC just ran up 600 and something yards of total offense, 300 through the air, 300 on the ground. Is it possible that this was too good of a performance that they won't match it and that the expectations are going to be so skewed from here on out because we've seen how good they can be, that they never live up to this hype, they never live up to how good this game was, and that the rest of the season won't hit this peak. And that's exactly what happened in 2017. They never hit that peak again. That that Stanford game was the peak. I, I guess you could say that the Texas game the week after, but the Texas game the week after, SC played poorly for 58 minutes, 59 minutes and 10 seconds of it. So I, I, I don't want to say that, that that carried over, even though the Texas game was exhilarating. Uh, and in the moment, I kept saying that the Texas game, you know, was, was proof of how SC and, and, and Darnold had that never-say-die die, never attitude and that even though it was a poor game you need to like you know embrace college football for what it is and, and so maybe that's one of my worst takes ever the, the, the texas game i wrote off the struggles of that texas game as being yeah it's just one game but i don't think that was a i don't, I don't think that is an unreasonable way to approach no, football no no it can't just because, be doom and gloom after one bad performance because the next week could be right. great like you and, take and the, the that Texas game was so had so much of the things that we love about college football in it, mm-hmm. and I remember like getting in arguments with people on Twitter. I said, "If you can't enjoy a game like this, why are you a college football fan?" <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because like it was an overtime game, you had a, a walk on kicker like 
He make yeah, his that two... Rojo touchdown before the half. Like yeah, there's so the, many good things in that game. The, the jump pass. As as frustrating as it was for USC and how poorly they they played, there were moments in that thing that you're going to remember the rest of your life. And you don't get that in every game. And so you know, in in a time where SC had like a winning streak that lasted a calendar year, that was absolutely one of those moments that you cherish. Um, so in hindsight, I think that's where I think. And and you know I we've said a ton of things that have aged poorly, um, but I think for the most part our goal, at least my goal personally, is to put out thoughts that make sense in the moment, right? And so like we we can talk about you know in hindsight in hindsight some of the worst takes I've ever had um, are things that I still believe and I still think made sense at the time that they just have aged. Uh, dependent on on certain things, one of them, you know, this wasn't in the car cast, but me saying that the quarterback doesn't matter. I, I I think that in a perfect scenario, in an air raid offense, the quarterback should not matter. We learned this past season the quarterback absolutely matters because what Keaton Slovis did compared to Matt Fink went above and beyond the offense, and I'll take that one on my on the chin, right? And the right. other thing, uh, but that wasn't in the car cast. But the other thing is. The when we're talking about um, uh, you know the, the car cast after the Colorado game, and you were irate and livid about the performance, and I sat there and I said, "Why? Because Clay Helton's getting fired. SC won in the fourth quarter. Keaton Slovis, you know, didn't have his best game, but he 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 was really good when it mattered and." Michael Pittman made a couple of huge plays. Like, remember that for what that's worth because Clay Helton's getting fired and don't worry about it. Now, that is aged poorly because Clay Helton did not get fired. But in the <laughs> moment, like, I still believe that that was the right thing to be thinking in the moment. Like, I still well, think and- that, like, Clay Helton should have gotten fired. And so I think that if if you're a college football fan – and you win in the dying seconds on the road, even if it's a frustrating game against Colorado, I think there's there's ways that you can watch that game and still get something out of it without it just being this is the worst thing ever. Like Well, and and, and for me that game, that reaction on that car cast felt totally justified when um a little over a month ex- later USC <laughs> puts the in the performance that they put in, in the holiday bowl and sure. all of my fears are realized. So <laughs> sure. you know yeah yeah that, that's fair um but but yeah I, I would say that for the most part that that and and maybe i'm just drawing blanks i'm sure someone could create a reel of all the dumb things that i've said and all the dumb things that you've said but i i can't come up with things off the top of my head in the car cast uh i know after the byu game uh i said that this this was one of those things where if sc put together a strong year that that would be the game that it's like you lost your your quarterback's first road game in in overtime, that happens. Um, I think you you can say that that was a terrible point in hindsight, but it was always with a huge caveat that I presented it with anyways. Well, and see, and that's and that's where I think that um, not to like toot our own horn, but one of the things that I like about you and I, and and the the things that we share as far as our mindset. One of the positive aspects of having imposter syndrome is that you can't be a hot take artist. You can't go out there and make statements that are set in stone and then set yourself up for these sort of 
wow, that was an awful take because we preface everything with, we could be wrong on this. Like for the most part, we, we I think you and I are both open to the idea that we don't know how things are going to play out and we don't know how things um, are going to go one way or another. So we do try to see the potential for, you know, maybe we'll take sides here or there. This is why you don't have a morning radio show. Well, exactly. Because we couldn't spend three hours on a on the radio saying crazy things like Keaton Slovis is going to be on USC's Mount Rushmore quarterbacks. Book it. You did say that, though. I did fair. say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You did say it. Uh, yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, what if... What what are things that we've said in the past that have, uh, in hindsight, seemed like some some god awful takes? Uh, I I can well, I can tell you things. I, I that, said by some the really way, nice things about Clay Helton over the years that <laughs> turned sure, out sure. to be sure. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and and you know one one of the car casts I regret, by the way, is the the Alabama game one, which is I weird don't because remember anything about that car cast, Michael. Oh, it was brutal. Um, it was you know at a Whataburger in in, <laughs> in Arlington, uh, but it it was I I remember just getting on saying that you know Essie had just made such a colossal mistake and Clayton doesn't well, know what did. he's doing and all that stuff, which well, again things that I agree with, but I think that 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 was one of those situations where like that's one of those we, episodes where I. I wish I would have worded things better. We we weren't jumping to a conclusion based on nothing though. The USC had lost. Right. They lost fifty How many games right. to end the season? And sure. you know we all knew the, the the train wreck that was coming. So like, right. I don't think it was unfair and, to. And the sentiment has react. been proven correct anyway. More or less correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where we are. Let us know because I'm I'm sure there's a million things that we've said over the years that that you think that were bad ideas because I'm I'm just not all thinking of them right now. Uh, let's get to a tweet we got from Justin's Madsen, uh, Madison 1. We see so many recruits releasing lists of top 10s, etc. Are coaches doing anything different to make an impact on recruits with the virus impacting spring visits, etc.? I think we, we talked about this a little bit, sort of touched on this earlier, is the idea of the, the, I think the coaches recognize that they have to keep constant contact with people and that they have to, um, because they won't be able to impress guys with a, with a spring, you know, with a visit to campus, they're going to have to find other ways to to engage and um, kind of, you know, buy themselves some time to get them on campus later on. And it'll be interesting, too, because maybe you see more fall visits as a result because guys will have to wait and you'll have bigger groups of recruits on campus for big games. And how you do in those big games may impact the vibe around those players and the team and all that kind of stuff. So, like, there could be a serious impact later on in the year but for now all the coaches can do is keep contact keep contact be genuine but keep contact constantly without a doubt communicate 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 that is uh the key and which is why we are going to keep communicating with you guys over at random Twitter radio our listeners uh we're going to save the rest of the mailbag for later in the week we're going to come back on friday so again here's the plan every week on the free side of things Decide to listen to this right now over on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and Spreaker and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. We are going to do two episodes, one on Tuesdays and one on Fridays. Over on Patreon, we'll still have two bonus episodes per week, which is a total of four things, two on the free side, two on the Patreon side. 
And uh, you can get all of bonus content over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Troy. Again, just for three thirty three, get all of our free side ad-free, which is a benefit. You don't have to hear the ads. I know some people don't like the ads. You can, you can bypass those things over at Patreon. Be real, Michael. No one likes the ads. No. I, I, I know. I know. But we know. Thank, th- thank you to all of our sponsors for supporting the show, obviously, clearly. Um, yes. And for 555, you get all of our bonus content as well, along with the ad-free main episodes. Patreon.com slash Reign of Troy is where you can join us. Yeah, we're putting up great stuff over there. Going to continue to put great stuff over there uh, as the coronavirus shutdown continues. We've got a lot of stuff planned. And uh, yeah, check it out. Give us a try. And and remember, if you if you subscribe, you get a you get access to our complete backlog too. So if you want some history stuff, there's all the Throwback Thursdays from last year. Um, we've got Robot's Choices that are kind of sort of evergreen kind of content discussing um, the historical things like like today, like this Mount Rushmore discussion that we had. Very similar kind of stuff that we've had over on the on the Patreon in the past. So you know, there's a lot more than just the stuff we're putting up now. You can go back into our history and. See a, a ton of stuff if you need to fill some time around your day. Here's a question for you. Mount Rushmore of USC media. Uh, Gary Paskowitz, Ryan Abraham, uh, um, uh, my boy Braven Dyer from <laughs> all of the coverage way back when that I research when I do my uh, do my stuff. And what, what do you, okay, what do you count as like, USC media though, because like, does Arbogast have to be on there? Like, does that count? I, I'm doing I'm doing independent, so okay, no no, no TV broadcast. So so it, Mal it, Florence, Braven Dyer, Gary Paskowitz, Ryan Abraham. All right, that's that's solid. I'm sure I'm missing somebody important in there. I know there. Are I was gonna have writers. Jim Murray in there. Jim Murray's good. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I was gonna say Gary Klein. Jim Murray, Owen Bird, who coined the the name Trojans for the LA Times. I think that's historically enough significant. Uh, and then Ryan Abraham. Even though, like, I feel like you need at least Ryan Abraham or Gary P. You don't want to like. Uh, I feel yeah, bad they're, they're, they're the, they're Gary the Carson P. Palmer, Matt Leiner of of this yeah. Rushmore conundrum. Right of, of the of the twenty first century. So yeah, that works for me. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening as always. Remember, send us your questions. Uh, we can only do a mailbag if we get in a bunch of questions. So, Reign of Troy uh, at fanside.com is the email address. Twitter at Reign of Troy. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Phone number 213-373-1872. Alicia, you got a final word? The final word is Ronnie Lott. I guess it's final words. And I bring this up because in this age of coronavirus, Twitter is a scary place. And I go on Twitter and I see a name trending and I think, oh no, oh no, they've got the virus. And I opened up Twitter just now and who was trending? Ronnie Lott. Fortunately, Ronnie Lott is trending because uh, someone named Adrian Amos had the audacity of listing his top three safeties of all time as Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, and Troy Polamalu. He is getting blasted for not including Ronnie Lott. Rightfully so. Okay, here's my thought about Sean Taylor. I was gonna say Sean Taylor is getting the bump of the. the he he's the, getting the Kurt Cobain the, treatment, right? The died too early bump. Yes. Yes, and and I I feel bad. I don't want to speak ill of the dead. I think Sean Taylor was an incredible player. Absolutely 
is warranted in the discussion. As it's, but Sean Taylor's in there partly because he went at an early age, right? Like it's the Kurt Cobain thing. Yes, absolutely. Kurt Cobain is great. I love Kurt Cobain. What's your favorite Nirvana well, it, song? I there are a lot of Nirvana sh- songs that I love, and right now I'm blanking on all of them because it's after midnight and I turned into a pumpkin already. I seriously can't think of a, the name of a Nirvana song right now. You know you're right. That's that's the one I'd say. <laughs> I, I I like I love that song. But anyways, uh, and Heart Shape Box, but Heart Shape Box. That okay. That's that's the one. Right. Until next Thank time, you. we'll yeah. see ya. See ya. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 